And so I was like, hey, uh, sorry to tell you this, but I think one of my ovaries has just burst. I'm just gonna go to the hospital. And they're like, what the hell? And I'm like, yeah, it's all good, bye. introverts, extroverts, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Chelsea Heaney, and my guest today is a musician and actor who is currently studying to be a hairdresser. But today she is here to talk about her experience with endometriosis endometriosis, and polycystic ovary syndrome, which I have been practicing all day trying to say those. Um, if you know me or you've listened to this show before, you'll know that I love talking about periods, so I am so excited about our episode today. Please welcome to the show the wonderful Shelby Holland. Hi, how are you? No, I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. That's okay. How's your day been? Uh, my day has been very chill, actually. Yeah? I haven't really done that much. That's not, you sometimes just need that, though, right? I always like, need that. I'm exhausted since the Christ- like we had the like, Christmas shutdown at work, yeah. and I'm more tired now. Oh, no, it was so bad. I've been back at work for about a week now, a yeah. week, week and a bit, and it's just been so hectic. Yeah, yeah. It's tiring. See, here's the thing. I'm you because you're a hairdresser, yeah. right? You're your apprentice. I'm an apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. So people like during lockdown and everything have been talking about how like you know they haven't had a, a haircut in months and how it's going crazy. I'm like, I get a haircut like once a year. So I was not understanding this from people. But were you finding that a lot? Um. Yeah. You find a lot of people and. Because I used to only get haircuts like once a year, once every two years. Yeah. Because um, I grew up in like Kuma where there's nothing really there. And so you see people coming in every five weeks like consistently. And I'm like, I'm sorry, oh what? I know. They book in every five weeks. And I understand if it's like a color or something, but they're getting the haircut. And I'm like, what? I, okay. Why don't they get, just cut it shorter the first time so it takes longer to grow back? <laughs> Good questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Anyways. Um, I do want to say at, at the top of this episode as well um, that we're probably going to be using the term women and girls a lot, but it's not just women who get periods yep. and not all women get periods. Any gender can get periods. Yep. Any gender can have uteruses. So I just want to say that at the top. Um, can you tell us what is endometriosis? So endometriosis is a condition with a uterus that happens when the cells similar to the endometrium which is the lining of the uterus grow outside of the uterus it commonly like sticks things together and just grows it can grow absolutely anywhere like you can get cases of endometriosis on your brain which is absolutely crazy and that is extremely rare yeah but it can happen so you can get endometriosis practically anywhere in your body it's just the endometrium cells so it's basically your uterus just growing anywhere at once wow it's just okay going for a stroll and and how many people does this affect so it affects one in 10 women so which is a massive That's amount of women huge in my workplace alone there is three or four women that have endometriosis. Wow. It's so massive. It's big, and it's it's not really something that gets talked about no. that often. Because I had heard of endometriosis um, because I do get really bad period pain. So it had been mentioned to me before of like, oh, maybe you have that. And I don't. But 
I had no idea until we started talking about doing this episode that it affected that many people. I thought it was way rarer than that. No, there's so many women that you'll be like, I have endometriosis and they're like, oh, me too. Or something, things like that. And the only way to get diagnosed with it is to have the surgery as well. So it's thinking about how many women have also gone through that surgery and to not be diagnosed as well. It's like just gone through the surgery. It's way more than the people that actually have the condition. And it's just incredible to think about so what are the symptoms of it um symptoms so you can have no symptoms at all be asymptomatic or you can have symptoms and so the most common symptom is just really really painful periods Mm -hmm. but even just painful living in general like sometimes like for me it can feel like a period cramp just all throughout the month not just in that one week and so you have that, you have intense bloating where I'll look like I'm like 12 weeks pregnant and I'll walk around and be like, look at my little child. And people are like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I have a child. <laughs> but there's that. And then there's, it's just a lot of pain and bloating. And um, I struggle with a lot of acne because of it too, because it's the hormone right. levels change. And yeah. so it's just just a lot of pain <laughs> a lot of pain and this is because i was you know looking up a few stories about it mm. in in research for this podcast a lot of people said that they didn't get diagnosed in such a long time because it's not talked about but because period pain is talked about yeah and they just assumed that the pain that they were having was the same as everybody else when it was on such a higher level yeah it's because you don't have anything to compare it to really yeah like, i was always like i know i would I would be in like year seven or year eight and I would be on the floor before going to school and have to be taken to hospital. And they would just like put some like codeine in me and be like, oh, you just got a period. Like, it's all good. Go home. And so I was like, oh, okay, then that just must be it. I must just just be like really dramatic about my period then. And then it just persisted for so long. And my doctor was like, what's wrong with you because this isn't normal like you shouldn't be going to the hospital for your period pains like consistently so yeah so we discovered I was I had all of these scans for like um I had like colonoscopies my stomach was looked at like all of these scans but because I was so young when it first started I was 12 or 13 yeah. when I first showed st- symptoms they didn't think it had anything to do with like my periods or mm-hmm. anything like that but I saw someone at my church because I went to bible study a lot and she was like on the like floor with a heat pack and I'm like what the hell's going on here and she's like oh I have endometriosis and so I looked it up and I'm like maybe so I presented it to my doctor and she's like you know what maybe yeah it could be an option and turns out it was the option. Yeah. So. so how long was it between you um, you getting your first period and first showing symptoms to mm-hmm. actually being diagnosed? So I first showed symptoms in 2013 and I was 12 and then 2013 and then 20, started 2019, I got my surgery. So I think that's seven years. Yeah, six, 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 seven six years? or seven years, somewhere yeah. around there. That's a really long time. It's it's actually really short compared to other women like other women so the average length is about 10 years nine or ten years so to have the six or seven years is quite short in comparison to the average but surely if it's like 
if it's one in 10 women who have their period, surely it should be the first thing when somebody comes in and says, these are my symptoms of my really bad period pain. All doctors should be like, let's check and see if you have endometriosis. Yeah, I, I think the issue with that is, is that it's not a case of just being like, let's have a look because you have to get the surgery, have to, get the surgery to actually get yeah. diagnosed. Like you can get, I go to a specialist in Canberra who has developed his own technology. His name's Dr. Uche Menakaya. And he has a um, ultrasound technology that is able to detect if there is a higher chance of it you have right. endometriosis, but that relies on the endometriosis being sitting on top of this, like on top of the organ and being visible. Mm. Whereas mine is called, um, it's described as freckled, so it means it's underneath those layers, so right. it all blends in together. Yeah. So it wasn't visible on my scan. But he was able to suspect it was happening just because he was just like poking my ovaries, and I was like, "Can you not do that? Yeah, <laughs> that really hurts." Yeah, and he's like, "That shouldn't hurt." Okay, we'll give you a surgery, and I'm like, "So what? What is what is the process of that surgery?" So the surgery is called a lapros lap, lap, laparoscopy. Laparoscopy, something like that. You're going to be able to pronounce it. Oh, I can't pronounce it. It's like, and it's a laparoscopic surgery. Yeah, I just can't speak. But um, basically, you go into the hospital and you. I did it through privately, so my um, so Uche Manakaya did my surgery as well. And basically, they put a camera. They put three holes in your tummy, one in your belly button. And two on either side of your belly button. And so they've got a light in there, a camera in there, and a little, like, tool so they can move things around. And if you have any endometriosis, then another incision is made just under the left-hand side. And they use a – mine was cut out. So they cut it out. There's two types. Um, and the, there's a burning method and a cutting method, but the burning method is like meant to be more damaging. So they cut it out and then you, it's like an eight week recovery period because they've cut through like layers of tissue in your, um, stomach and they've just like taken out like bits of organs. And so it's a pretty long recovery process, but I, I recovered well, Mm. I think. Yeah. yeah. And some women have to get that surgery sort of over and over again as yeah. the endometriosis builds up as well. Have yeah. you just had the one or? Well, I've just had the one because it was a $6,000 surgery. And Jesus. so I was like, yeah. yeah. And on the public waiting list, it can take years to do. I'm on the public waiting list at the moment and yeah. it's like not going to happen for like another four years or something. Yeah. But mine grew back within, I want to say like four or five months because that was when I started noticing symptoms again. Yeah. And then we had a look and we saw that there was also some polycystic um, cysts that had formed on my ovaries. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, especially with polycystic ovaries, a lot of women have to get those removed a lot more often because mm-hmm. they can act like burst and yeah. cause a lot of like damage in there. So Yeah. And yeah. you actually... Um, had one burst while you were at work. Yeah. yeah. So at my, I've worked at two salons. So mm-hmm. the first salon I worked at, I had, we were in like the middle of a uh, work meeting type thing. And yeah. it was about like team building, all that, all that sort of thing. And so this 
like cyst burst when I was in the middle and I hadn't had any cysts before that and I wasn't aware and I was like what the hell just happened because it just felt like this like explosion had happened and I was like what's am I dying like what's going on and so I was like hey uh sorry to tell you this but I think one of my ovaries has just burst I'm just gonna go to the hospital and they're like what the hell and I'm like yeah it's all good bye um very casually and went into the Canberra hospital and was like hey um can you just look at me and they're like yeah what the hell so I was just like very calm about it but yeah, so there was that. And then I went back to my specialist and he did a scan and he's like, yep, you definitely had something burst in there. And then you've got more cysts on your other ovaries as well. So I was like, that's cute. Thank so you. is are those cysts part of the endometriosis or is that part of polycystic ovary They syndrome? kind of work in conjunction okay. to each other. So they, you can have one without having the other mm-hmm. or it's very common to have both as well. Yeah. Um, so st- there's four stages of endometriosis mm-hmm. stage three and four include cystic ovaries as well so yeah. i would have i th- i can't be sure but i believe i have stage three because yeah. i don't know how much endometriosis is inside of me at the current second yeah but um yeah so stage three just means severe endometriosis and some cysts whereas stage four is like severe cysts and severe endometriosis yeah so that's a whole thing. Yeah. And is it like, does, does having endometriosis does that affect things like fertility as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There are a lot of women that like struggle to have babies or can't have a baby at all. Um, it's dependent on how much damage and how bad your endometriosis is as well. Because if you have like your endometriosis sticking your, um, like your ovary or your fallopian tube to your bladder or something like that, then that's going to make that a whole lot harder to do. Um, And it's just the scar tissue mainly that causes the um, interruption of the egg coming down. Yeah. Or the interruption of like the baby actually like forming properly. Yeah. So it is definitely hard for people with endometriosis to have kids and especially in later in life. So it's better to have kids earlier on because you're more likely to not have as much endometriosis yeah a couple of the the sort of stories i was looking at in the lead up to this interview some people were saying that like you know when they were diagnosed at you know 18 19 like really young they were basically told by their doctor if you want to have a kid go have one now and that's got to be a really confronting thing to hear have you had a conversation like that or do you know other people that have had a conversation like that like it's I don't know why but it's really common for people to tell people that have chronic illnesses like go to yoga it'll fix it but with endometriosis it's always um oh my friend got pregnant and then she never had any endometriosis again or my friend friend got pregnant and it cured her and I'm like having a baby is not a cure I know I'm like yeah but I'm 19. Like, yeah. My, my grandmother told me that at 17 and I'm like, grandma, if I had a child, you would kill me. Yeah. Like, but what, what are you saying? And like, I'm like, I don't want a kid yeah. right this second in my life. Thank you. And also it's just not going to like cure it. No. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe your symptoms will stop, but now you have a child to look after. It's yeah. not. And even if the symptoms don't stop, I have a child. child. I'm in debt yeah. and I am still in pain. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that just, 
seems like a sort of crazy thing it's, to just suggest to somebody. It's really oh, have a baby to stop your pain. They'll be like, oh, my my cousin has endometriosis, or no, she had it, and then she had a baby. And I'm like, good for your cousin. Cool. I'm not doing that. Yeah, no. And does it also, you know, put you at risk of, of any other diseases like cancer or, or things like that, or is it um, separate? It's separate. Yeah. I know that. One thing I do know about this, because this is one of the first things I looked up, I was like, crap, am I going to die? But um, Mm. no, so it actually reduces your risk of getting breast cancer. I know that because it's the estrogen levels are all out of whack. Um, So there's that. So that's a positive. Silver lining. (laughs) So there's that, I guess. But uh, I'm not sure. I don't believe so. Mm. Yeah, well, at least, you know, that's good. That's crazy about the... Breast cancer. Yeah, I know. I thought that was weird too. And I was like, yeah, there you go. It's a cute little fact. Yeah. Um, And how has it, you know, affected other areas of your life? Because I I do get really bad period pain, nowhere near endometriosis levels. But, you know, I know that sitting at work can be really tough a lot of the time when you've got that sort of pain. Like, imagine it's far worse when you do have endo or or, or PCOS. So, how has it sort of affected, you know, work and study and. Um, it, my work, it affects a fair amount cause I'm a hairdresser. I don't get to sit down or anything. It's like yeah. constantly on your feet all day. And so that can get tiring because the mm. endometriosis, it takes a lot out of you. It's very fatiguing. And so if I'm working an 11 hour day on my feet, I just get very tired very quickly. Yeah. But, um, that's why there's a coffee machine at work, I guess. <laughs> um, but it affects my work a little bit. Sometimes I'll be in the back room and I'm like, ow I'm in pain but I'll just I'll go take some codeine and uh get on with the day yeah but it does make things really hard it made things in 20 end of it 2018 just before I had my surgery that was 2018 was probably my worst year for my endo um 2018 I did two shows of note I did Mary Poppins with my school and mm-hmm. I was the bird woman because that's a very cute role <laughs> um, and I remember being like it was in the scene just before mine and I was like sitting on the stairs about to go on and just like crying in pain because I was in so much pain. But I was like, you know what? Only on stage for three minutes, not really much I can do. Like show must go on. So I went out and sang my song about birds and was just like, cool, I'm very much in pain. Yeah. And then I did Sound of Music at the end of that year too. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, the stage manager on the side. He would have like little things of like Panadol and codeine was just like popping pills to me because like you can't there's not much you can really do in that regard like you're like I would have to go on stage like do my little dance sing my song and then go off stage and have a little like meltdown but it was I don't know it's just kind of like you just have to do things yeah so I don't know (laughs) people ask me that question all the time and I'm like I don't know I just like do it yeah yeah well that I mean kudos to you because that's that's incredible and it's the type of thing again like you know people don't talk about periods a lot they don't talk about this thing a lot and Mm -hmm. that's like you know you're not the only person who's doing that sort of thing you know like not every person within endo does musical theater but um like I'm sure you're not the only one and that's yeah to have to sort of push through that and and not only be able to like go on but also to be a character yeah. and to sing and dance I was, and I was very lucky that both the bird woman and Liesl are just very sad people so <laughs> like there we go 
Yeah. Yeah. No, there has been times that, like, especially, like, I wouldn't... 2018, I, like, barely went to school in term three because I was like, I'm in pain and you can't make me do this. And I've learned that that attitude got me nothing but just really bad grades. So I was like, well can't do that or when I was doing like pre-COVID I would do a lot of gigs and a lot of performing and play at festivals and things like that but COVID's kind of cancelled that but that's okay um so in that time sometimes I would take like an hour break or something um Mm. and I was able to do that because I kind of worked for myself in that regard and I would just if I was playing a gig I'd play like a five-hour gig and you're allowed to have break break breaks in between sets and so I'd be like hey I'm just gonna take a longer break this set and then make up for that time and they're like okay whatever yeah you want so I found that that regard of it was kind of like hard Mm. but I don't know yeah I kind of learnt from my mistake there where I would give into it and be like okay I'm in pain I'll stop doing this and then it just kind of I don't know. I feel like it just made me sadder. Yeah. So I just learned to kind of yeah go along, I guess. And have you found things that help you manage your pain, like different medicines or, you know, heat pack or, or other type of things that... Yeah, um, I love my heat pack. Mm-hmm. For Christmas, my mum got me a heat pack. <laughs> It's like when I get, whenever I get a gift from mum, it always seems to include a heat pack, and I'm always like, "Thank you so Thank much." You. Yeah, I love them. I've got a little collection of them, <laughs> um, and I will. I wear high waisted jeans a lot. It's just my favorite type of jeans, and yeah. it's an extra bonus because I can just put that heat pack like in the front of the yes. jeans and just walk around. Very nice. I have a heat pack that's really long and it has um, like strings on either oh, side yeah. so you can just sort of tie it to yourself. Yeah. And I do have that like I was having back pain a little while ago and so I just like tied it around myself like it was a like it was a bag so the heat pack sat yeah. like, perfectly on my spine. No, I haven't got one of those. I need to get one of those. Yeah, I, rec- I don't I, – I think I accidentally stole it off like my parents or something. Oh, well. So, yeah. That's a good um, steal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, I recommend like maybe just tie some string to one that you already have. And just call just, it a day. Just call it a day. Call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. Um, my boyfriend recently somehow got a tens machine from his grandma. He he stole it from his grandma's house, I think. Very nice. So I stole his tens machine for a little bit and I was just like putting it on myself. And it just tens machines like sends electric currents oh, okay. through. Something like that. It's um used for muscle pain a yeah. lot of the time. And so it was weird, but I think it did something. I mean, I didn't feel any pain. Yeah. I guess. Um, I've also, I don't have lactose and I mm-hmm. tried, I tried being vegetarian for a while because I know red meat kind of makes it worse, but I don't know. I think I was just being too healthy and I was like, nope, that's too many veggies for me. Yeah. Um, I want a steak now. So yeah, I switched back, but I don't think that actually help me in any way at all yeah but lactose definitely taking that out has definitely helped because it's reduced all the bloating mm-hmm. it's reduced um just like inflammation in general and yeah. so I, was, I like that that's good see so many women like to have chocolate when they're on their periods but if you chocolate. don't have lactose you don't have chocolate you can get lactose pills and so if i ever want like an <laughs> ice cream cake or chocolate let's pop a pill first very nice and i go there you go. Just right in. Right in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and you mentioned earlier, like, um, codeine, which mm. is a drug that you take for pain management. Yeah. And I used to take codeine for period pain, but they've since changed the laws in Australia where that is now prescription. You yeah. can't just get that over, over the counter. So do you have to go in and constantly get re-upped on, on pain meds? And... Um, yeah. So I go in and I get my, um, pain medication. So I'm on three... I'm on two medications for my endometriosis. It recently just changed. Mm-hmm. So I'm on um, a um, Endep, which is like a nerve blocker. I'm yeah. on um, uh, codeine, but I don't take – I only take that when I need to, and I try yeah. not to take too much because I don't want to develop an addiction to yeah. it. But So I've got a little stockpile of it from when I go into my doctor and be like, hey, can you like give me like all my scripts all at once? Yeah. So I've got a little stockpile. So I just don't go through them that much. Yeah. But I was also on an anti-inflammatory that I had to take every morning and night for a while and I was on the mini pill for a while. So Yeah, so does the, does the pill help? Um, yeah, so I'm on, at the moment, I have the Marina, Marina IUD mm-hmm. and that went in when I had my surgery. Right. And so that's a hormone IUD. So it, it's not the copper rod, it's the um, hormone. And so basically that just releases the um, estrogen and it kind of it kind of makes it a little bit better because it stops your period from happening at all. So yeah. I, I'm lucky in that regard. I'm like, I haven't had a period in two years. <laughs> but um, it does that. So all of the pills, they kind of work in different ways. So I've also had a depo shot, which is just another boost of hormone. And at one point I was on the pill, depo shot, and an IUD all at once. And I was Jesus. the crankiest person yeah. in the world. Um, the pill works for some people. I don't like it because it makes me break out. Um, and it I don't know. I just didn't like it. And it made me feel grumpy. And so I'm happy with just my marina hormone treatment but i think it does help a lot i haven't had this same level of pain as i did when i didn't have it in yeah so you you mentioned you you haven't had your period about two years because of the pill so you still get the symptoms and and all of that even when you're not on your period yeah i can tell when my period would be because i like it's really weird i get um really consistent pain like normally the pain's kind of inconsistent but it's like a consistent consistent pain and I will break out and I will get grumpy and I will just want to eat Maccas Mm -hmm. and I can tell that that is when I would be having my period um if I yeah had one yeah Yeah. there you go that's really interesting weird (laughs) yeah um I wanted to talk again sort of bring it back to sort of how it's not something that's really spoken about much. Yeah. Um, like, is there, you know, do you, like, you know, there's a lot of like Facebook groups and stuff that people have for when they're all sort of going through the same thing. Do you have like a support network of other people that have undone? You can sort of talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely, when I first got diagnosed, I joined so many Facebook (laughs) groups, but they're all like, and then like I joined like the meme community, but the memes are all like the really bad ones made like 50 year olds, like the minion memes, but like, no, not the minion memes. No. And I was like, no, I'm leaving that. (laughs) Um, But also just, I was doing a lot of um, country music and things like that at the time. And I know Mm. a lot of people that were very vocal about it there. So I was like, hi, can I pester you for a little bit? Um, And so I, 
had um, older women that w- had gone through it for many, many more years and they were like, okay, here's what you need to know. Like, here's all of this thing, these things. Here's like little life hacks and all these types of things. So I find my support network is just through other people yeah. that I know personally because I feel like doing the Facebook groups, they are mostly American-based and so mm. you get a lot of the American healthcare system, which isn't that right. useful. useful. for you in Australia, yeah. yeah. When I'm like, oh, like what medication or like what should I do about this? They're like, take this restricted drug in Australia. And I'm like, okay, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, helpful. Or they're like, oh, um marijuana's legal have that and i'm like no it's not though no. <laughs> i mean technically it's like decriminalized in, in the, the act but it's still illegal yeah something like that it's, it's i haven't quite got my head around it i don't know yeah like you can grow the plants you just and can't. sometimes you'll get fine for it sometimes you won't depending which cop shows up at your it's door like you can grow the plants as long as you don't buy the seeds to grow the plants yes yep and that makes sense. Yep. And if it's Canberra Police, go ahead. Yeah. AFP, no, no. you're done. Yeah. It's, it's makes so, weird. so much sense. Because that was something I was going to ask is, you know, a lot of people with um, like chronic pain, um, particularly over in the US where, where it is legal, do take, you know, um, weed and um, I forgot the name of the extract that comes out of the weed. CBD. That's the one. Um, have you heard of other people that do that to, to yeah. help endo? Yeah. Um, so... There's two there's two things in two chemicals in um, weed. So you have your THC, which is the chemical that gets you high, yeah, and your CBD, which is the medicinal like calming, yeah, one. And so you can get in Australia, you can get CBD oils and mm-hmm. things like that, and they're good. Um, I have met people. It's not really talked about in Australia, and if people have done it, they're like. Don't talk about it. Under the table, It's yeah. very, It's very sketchy. But you can get, like, CBD oils and things mm. like that. And I've used a CBD oil, and I think it worked. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think it worked. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a lot of, like, American people that have access to it and they have the dispensaries, mm. they talk about how it is the only thing that truly just, like, takes away the pain. Because yeah. everything else, even, like, codeine and things, they just kind of numb the pain, but yeah, it's still there. it's still there. But people talk about how it's taken away and i'm not sure if that's because they're like stoned or because it's like the cbd <laughs> but you never know you I never guess. know i mean you're distracted at least yeah i mean yeah. you're off your face sorry <laughs> yeah i mean you should just go on holiday to america for a while not right now um, um no not not the current second not the current moment um in the future yeah <laughs> when the apocalypse is over um, talking about making it uh decriminal or not decriminalized but like legal in australia the um medical marijuana so because uh, my yeah, about time oh it's about time yeah, yeah. Like, my doctor is very very strong strongly for it like he has all these talks about like the benefits for endometriosis and things like that yeah and I'm like thank you uche because yeah. i have like you know particularly when it um, became decriminalized in Australia. There was lots of, you know, all the radio stations were talking about and stuff. And I was hearing that, you know, there are specific doctors who can give out medicinal marijuana, I but there's so. pretty much none in Canberra mm. and all of them have massive waiting lists. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's good that there's some out there, but so difficult to actually I get think access. It's in Sydney, I think there were some in Sydney. Yeah. I remember looking it up and I think it was like one or two dispensaries in Sydney, but it's only for like certain um like there's only like five disorders that you're allowed to yeah 
um, uh, Medicaid it for. Mm. I think something like that. Yeah. It's been a couple of years since I looked that up because yeah. I was like, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, now, we're sort of getting close to the end here, and I like to ask a random question of each of my Go guests. Ahead. Uh, so it's different for each one. So my guest for you today was who was your childhood celebrity crush? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think about this. I actually think about this a lot for some reason. Yeah. Um, I want to say I had a definitely had a crush on Joe Jonas. That was a definite. <laughs> um, I remember like asking my mom in the living room when I was like eight and being like, is it normal for girls to have crushes on like 20 year olds? And she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so that's, I'm going to say that's one of yeah. them. My mum, like, sometime last year, I have no idea how this came up in conversation, but I was saying something, and I was like, so you know who the Jonas Brothers are? And she just looked me deadpan in the face. She was like, Chelsea, I'm your mother. <laughs> of course I know who the Jonas Brothers are. Yeah. And, like, that hurt me more than it should have. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really good dig, mum. <laughs> oh, I remember, wait, actually, in my early teenager years I was obsessed with five seconds of summer like my whole (laughs) bedroom was plastered in five seconds of summer and Taylor Swift posters and I loved Ashton Owen because he was uh he was not as mainstream to have a crush on as the lead singer well you I was so like that as well yeah like I thought it was cool to not like the things that all the other girls like like they were all about Zac Efron I was like no Zac Efron's hot like it's. I can say that now, but at the time I thought it made me cool and mysterious. I know. To not like Zac Efron. I'm not like other girls. I'm not like other girls. I know, that's why I was like, I don't, I've never listened to One Direction purely because <laughs> when I was younger, I was like, I don't listen to One Direction. I listen to My Chemical Romance. Yeah. And I did because I wanted to uphold that image. Yeah. And I've never listened to a full One Direction album now, but there you go. that's okay because I was an edgy teen. You were an edgy teen. I was an edgelord. I think my, my childhood crush, like I can't remember like way early ones. The earliest one I remember is Gordo from Lizzie McGuire. Yep. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Yeah. I like yeah. a nerd. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. Like everyone liked Ethan and I'm like, Gordo. Gordo. Gordo all the way. It's the nerdy one for me. It's the, always the nerdy one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people have like been, yeah, talking a lot about childhood crushes and I'm like, I can't remember any earlier. I know. I'm Gordo. All I can think about is it's, and it's specifically Joe Jonas in the Camp Rock movie. Yes. Which is the edgiest Joe Jonas. Yes. He is so sad. (laughs) And I was there for it. I was like, why are you so cranky? I loved it. Oh, I'm obsessed with Camp Rock. Yeah. It was very good. Like early 2000s Disney movies. Yeah. I remember giving a concert. I remember giving a concert to, um, in my year three camp, we were in tents and I sang uh, This Is Me from Camp Rock to my two camp buddies. And I remember the teacher yelling at me to shut up because it was like 10 o'clock. And that's how much I love Disney. Good. Oh, so I've just had a flashback to something. I don't know if your school did this. In my... This must have been primary school, but it might have also been high school. But, like, when you went on school camp and stuff, to like, they would do, like, room inspections each morning. Did they do that for you? No. Okay, so they did this for us. They would have (laughs) room inspections basically to make sure you were keeping it tidy. And there'd be, like, a prize at the end of the week or something. I don't remember the full details. But basically we, like, and lots of rooms did this. We would try and bribe the teachers through song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so um, I remember on one camp, um, me and my friends did a version of um, 
Our House by, I can't remember the name of the Is it like the now. 80s song? Yeah, the yep. 80s song. And we did Our School. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, the worst one was um, the group that did Sexy Back by Justin oh, Timberlake. God. And these are like 12-year-olds. Um, and I think they sang, we're bringing teacher back. No. And like, they didn't understand the connotations, but the teachers were all just like, man, now it's awkward. Uh, mm, uh, yeah. In, when I was 12, I did Crowded house. Dance. Sorry. Crowded house. Crowded house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just came to me. <laughs> no, when I was 12, I did dance and the hot song was Talk Dirty by Jason Derulo. No. And so I did a hip-hop routine no. with my uh, other 12-year-olds in my dance concert to Talk Dirty. Um, Talk Dirty mixed with Break Free by Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there video of this? There is a video oh, of it. Good. I have not seen it in many years. <laughs> but, God, I do not ever want to watch it. I remember the dance and that's just not it. I, was a lot I of think that grinding. we need to have like a, a like version of this, like your next gig. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> okay. So me, I was a, I thought I was the shit at hip hop, right? But mm-hmm. I was just that one kid that was just way too much with their hip hop mm-hmm. and like too much arm movements, too much leg movements. Yeah. And in this dance, we had to do like chest pops and grinding. And then there's me. And I was always at the back because I was shit. And there was me <laughs> up the back, like with my way too big arm movements. And it's just all you can see in the video is just me. Good. Oh, no. No, I think this is good. You have to have all this embarrassing stuff in your past. It makes so you cooler. Bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Um, I think this leads well into my last question. So this is a question I ask everyone that comes on the show. The podcast is called Loud and Seemingly Confident because that's how I want to describe myself. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a confident person? I don't know. Um, I want to say in a way, yes. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a quiet person, but I can have a confident persona. Yeah. I don't know. No, I get that. I asked my boyfriend what I seem appear as to people like when they first meet me and they're like, you're a bit of a bitch. But like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'll take it, I guess. <laughs> it's like, you're a bit of a bitch, but like once you get to know you, you're actually not. You just like seem very scary. And I'm like, so I, I think, yes, I do yeah. seem confident. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> Just switching it up a little bit. <laughs> absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Shelby. This has That's been okay. absolutely for pleasure. Me. Thank you for you know talking about all this. It's like it's just it should just be talked about all the time. It should be talked about all the time. Yeah, and it's never talked about. And no, it's really it really should bad. be just talked about all the time. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Um, please subscribe and leave a review. Share this with other people. All of those things. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Chelsea J Heaney, or you can follow the podcast at Loud and seemingly confident Shelby where can people find out more about you so I am on Instagram at Shelby G Holland and I have a Facebook music page I haven't updated it in a while because I'm not doing many gigs at the current moment but it is Shelby Grace it is Shelby Grace music very Um, nice thank you and that's about it for me yeah awesome yeah (laughs) we'll see everybody else next week thanks